Happy Hue is a wellness philosophy aiming to inspire a deep self-exploration towards an optimal life. I deliver thought-provoking content and experiences anchored in the ideas of neuroplasticity and Carol Dweck's idea of a growth mindset. My method focuses on the brain, the mind, the body, and the soul to empower you to discover your own approach to health and well-being. For those who don't know me, my name is Tasha. By training, I am a group instructor and nutrition coach who's worked at some of Singapore's leading boutique fitness brands like F45, House Athletics, Absolute Cycle, and currently at Barry's Singapore. Graduating with a bachelor's in philosophy, I have never been able to separate myself from a need to answer life's big questions. Entering the wellness industry in 2015, I became aware of how challenging it is to investigate what's required to optimize our well-being in and beyond physical health. The Happy Hue is a culmination of my passions towards understanding what real wellness means. To find out more, go to www.thehappyhue.com. Let me be your guide in exploring practical philosophies around uncovering your truest potential. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Happy Hue Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I am so excited to be talking about today's topic because today we are going to talk about why neuroplasticity and growth mindset are the foundation to my method. So in this episode, what I will be talking through will be explaining what neuroplasticity and growth mindset are and where I first discovered these concepts how they apply to everyday life, and of course, my personal experience with both and why each are integral to my method. So let's first define neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity defined by Britannica Online as the capacity of neurons and neural networks in the brain to change their connections and behavior in response to new information, sensory stimulation, development, damage, or dysfunction. Now, we're going to get really science-y in this episode, and you're going to really start to realize how nerdy I actually am. (laughs) And um, so when I first started to learn about neuroplasticity, it was through a book a friend recommended to me, and it's the book called The Emotional Life of Your Brain, How Its Unique Patterns Affect the Way You Think, Feel, and Live, and How You Can Change Them by Richard J. Davidson, PhD, with Sharon Begley. So this book was written in 2012. So it was was published in 2012. And I read this book in around 2018. This book is what changed the trajectory of my life. It changed my perspective and it completely transformed how I pursue my life. And eventually it really became the anchor to my method. And this also propelled an, I would say, addiction to my neuroscience curiosity and how why I've become so thirsty in understanding more about the brain and how the brain works and how it impacts behavior, how it impacts your life and all of that juicy stuff. So this book really transformed me because of obviously the information that was made available, but I'm just going to read through some quotes that 
was critical to part of the transformation that I achieved through reading this book. So quoted from the book, thinking and thinking alone had increased the amount of space the motor cortex devoted to a specific function. The amazing fact is that though through mental activity alone, we can intentionally change our own brains. The brain has a property called neuroplasticity, the ability to change its structure and patterns of activity in significant ways, not only in childhood, which is not very surprising, but also in adulthood and throughout life. That change can come about as a result of experience we have, as well as of purely internal mental activity, our thoughts. In short, the revolution in neuroplasticity has shown that the brain can change as a result of two distinct inputs. It can change as a result of the experiences we have in the world, how we move and behave, and what sensory signals arrive in our cortex. Now, just going back through all these four quotes here, it's so profound when you think about what it's saying. Thinking and thinking alone had increased the amount of space the motor cortex devoted to a specific function. I mean, that's wild, right? If you think about it, thinking alone. I mean, yes, I knew that thinking has power. I know that I'm always in control of my mind. I am the one that is in control of my mind. But the fact that thinking, thought alone can actually change your brain structure, that's what that's what really excited me. That's what really piqued my curiosity. You know, um, this is something that I never learned in psychology classes that I took in my throughout my school years. You know, I had exposure to psychology um, in high school, in even in university, but you know, in through general classes, but I never learned anything about how thinking alone can actually change the structure of your brain. So this fact alone was was mesmerizing. And then it really brings home that point of neuroplasticity, right? Because neuroplasticity is the ability of our brain to change their connections and behavior in in response to new information, sensory stimulation, development, damage, or dysfunction, it means that really you are in control of how your brain ends up. Because everything, that means everything that we absorb through our sensories, so our experiences, our, the things that we choose to do, the things that we choose to watch, the things that um, we choose to act on our hobbies, all of that, all of that changes our brain structure. I just, I just want that to sink in for a little bit. Everything that we do in our lives can change our brain structure, right? That's, that's powerful. I mean, when I learned that, I was just so amazed and then it goes on, you know, the last, um, quote that I read was that the revolution in neuroplasticity has shown that the brain can change as a result of two distinct inputs, right? And one of those is experience we have in the world and the way we move, the way we behave, and then the sensory signals. This is, this is 
astronomical in terms of how 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 grand this knowledge is it 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 brings so much responsibility to ourselves and not to add pressure to you but the potential of what we can actually do and what we are actually in control of and that is why is such a compelling information to learn now i'm gonna also go to examples in the book so there's an example in the book that goes about um, that talks about a blind person so when a person is blind you know the visual cortex which is supposedly hardwired to process signals from the eye and turn them into visual images undertakes a radical career change and takes on the job of processing sensations from the fingers rather than input from the eyes so let me just rework that okay for a blind person the part of the brain that for a normal person who can see is norm so the part of the brain that usually is used to process sensory visual images from your eyes for a blind person it readapts into processing information from the fingers so when blind people read through braille let's say so that same part of the brain that helps a normal brain or a normal person that has sight process that information readapts to process the information through the fingers for a blind person to be able to read braille isn't that insane isn't that impressive isn't that just such an amazing piece of information of what the brain is actually capable of how adaptable it is now let me go through another example when athletes engage in mental imagery so visualization focusing on the precise sequence of movements required to execute let's say a forward two and a half pike the regions of the motor cortex that control the required muscles expand similarly thought along alone can increase or decrease activity in specific brain circuits. So this is just this is a, uh, this is an example that I, I I've used before where I used visualization when I was an athlete in my school days to help me pick up the ball in touch rugby. I used to be a touch rugby athlete, and I remember I I used to fumble the ball in that pickup, and so my coach was like, "Hey, why don't you?" visualize that and I was like okay sure you know and at the time I obviously didn't know about all of this information on neuroplasticity and I just thought okay it's just visualize practice but now that I know it's such a powerful thing right so basically practicing in your mind stimulates the same part of the brain when you're actually doing the action in real life it's just that when you're doing the action in real life there's more coordination because it also involves your physiological body but when you're practicing in your mind you can do it perfectly over and over again and that's the power the brain has because it activates the same areas of the brain when i'm picking the ball in real life and when i'm picking the ball in my imagination and another example in the book it talks about how mindfulness meditation um changes the immune system in in a study done here where people's blood were drawn there was uh, sorry there was 
blood samples that were drawn before and after giving everyone a flu shot. And here, the study found that people that had done mindfulness-based stress reduction, the meditators produced 5% higher levels of antibodies to the vaccine, which is an indication that their immune systems responded more effectively than that of the control group. Isn't that such an amazing knowledge that mindfulness meditation or mindfulness-based stress reduction can actually change the immune system to the point that it changes how your immune system responds to a flu shot. That is such an amazing piece of knowledge, don't you think? And this is quoted from the book here. Mindfulness retrains these habits of mind by tapping into the plasticity of the brain's connections, creating new ones, strengthening some old ones, and weakening others. The habitual path traveled by neural signals has changed much as water that had always followed one path along a stream can be diverted to a different course after a sudden storm. For instance, carving a new channel. Now, Sidetrack a little bit, side note, neural pathways are compromise of neurons connected by dendrites and are created in the brain based on our habits and behaviors. The number of dendrites increases with the frequency of the behavior performed. So basically, when a behavior occurs, it's due to neuron neuronal firing or when brain cells are communicating with each other. So the more you repeat a certain behavior, the faster the communication is through that particular particular neural pathway. And therefore, it also strengthens the behavior produced and why some behaviors feel automatic. So going back a little bit here. So the way that your brain responds, responds to actual behaviors is really dynamic here because when you're behaving in a certain way your brain is actually communicating between itself through neural pathways to create that behavior right so in terms of when we're talking about that the res- the immune response to a vaccine so the brain is actually because of the mindfulness based stress reduction, the brain is able to communicate with the immune system, creating higher levels of antibodies and therefore creating higher immune response. And that is in itself a behavior change that is helped by mindfulness training, right? So it's it's, it's really powerful when you think about it, right? Because mindfulness is actually thought, but that thought alone can actually change your immune system. And then further than that, these types of behaviors can be strengthened if the pattern is repeated, right? So neural pathways can be strengthened if the pattern is repeated. So here's what I want to highlight. The three takeaways from neuroplasticity. The brain possesses the gift of neuroplasticity, meaning it has the ability to adapt and change throughout life, not just in childhood, like previously thought. We have the ability, you have the ability to 
create meaningful change in your own brain through neuroplasticity throughout your entire life. Rewiring the brain and creating new connections, strengthening some and weakening others can can occur through mental activity alone. That's amazing. And third, as you are the only one in control of your mind, you are therefore also in complete control of creating real changes in your brain. And this completes my neuroplasticity chat here. (laughs) It's just amazing, right? When I learned all of this information for the first time, it really opened my eyes to what the mind and the brain can do and what the true potential of what I can do for myself in terms of behavior change in terms of changing my life, in terms of changing my perspective, you know, it really brought a lot of control and empowerment to myself. And this is where I also integrate the growth mindset. So growth mindset is another concept which I learned through another book. It's a book by Carol Dweck, who is a researcher and professor at Stanford University, or was, and she wrote the book Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, which I read in 2019, but the book was published in 2006. And let me read a couple of quotes from the book here. For 30 years, my research has shown that the view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. It can determine whether you become the person you want to be and whether you accomplish the things you value. In growth mindset, the hand you're dealt is just the starting point for development. This growth mindset is based on the belief that your basic qualities are things you can cultivate through your efforts, your strategies, and help from others. Although people may differ in every which way in their initial talents and aptitudes, interests, or temperaments, everyone can change and grow through application and experience. The passion for stretching yourself and sticking to it, even or especially when it's not going well, is the hallmark of the growth mindset. This is the mindset that allows people to thrive during some of the most challenging times in their lives. When people believe their basic qualities can be developed, failures may still hurt, but failures don't define them. And if abilities can be expanded, if change and growth are possible, then there are still many parts to success. Growth mindset is the belief that abilities can be cultivated, but it doesn't tell you how much change is possible or how long change will take. And it doesn't mean that everything like preferences or values can be changed. So, I mean, just reading this alone, you can start to understand why the growth mindset is so applicable in terms of its relationship to neuroplasticity. So I'm also going to go through a few examples here from Carol Dweck's book. So in Dweck's study, students who were not taught a growth mindset continued to show declining grades. But those who were taught a lesson on growth mindset showed a sharp rebound in their grades. Another example here, in another study, participants were taught that every time they push out of their comfort zone to learn something new and difficult, the neurons in their brain can form new, stronger connections, and over time, they they can get smarter 
these participants ended up performing better than the control group. I mean, these are just examples here, and I will later go through a personal example that will apply this growth mindset. But again, you can start to understand how, why pairing growth mindset and neuroplasticity, pairing these two understandings is so such a powerful tool in really creating meaning, meaning, meaningful change in your life. And let me just recap here. Growth mindset is the belief that one has the capacity to develop and improve abilities and talents through continuous effort and learning. The opposite of which is the fixed mindset, which is the belief that one is born with a set of abilities and talents and is static in their ability to learn, grow, and change. Now, these are really powerful knowledge because when you think about it, these are the three... these are the three takeaways that I want you to think about when you're thinking about growth mindset and especially in regards to Carol Dweck's book. You may not be born with all the talents that you want, but you were born with neuroplasticity. You were born with the potential to change and not let the things, the skills that you were born with define your true potential. Second, Simply by having a growth mindset, you're already setting yourself up for greater gains and improvement. And as mindset is in your control, you always have the power to change your perspective and therefore create real changes in your life and your behaviors. I mean, now you can really truly understand why the growth mindset and neuroplasticity is really foundational to my method because the brain at the end of the day is the main control center for every function and every experience you have of the world so the condition of the brain and the mind that you have are therefore whether you recognize it or not is the starting point to how everything in your life turns out because the brain and the mind is the starting point to your experience your behaviors and your perspectives and how you experience life and this is why neuroplasticity and growth mindset is are so compelling. It's it's not only that you can create real changes in your physical brain, but that your perspective, your mindset really belongs to you and you can actually do things, practical things that will help you transform your physical brain and your mindset. Now, I want to use an example here of my first real experience of growth mindset and neuroplasticity. And this story was actually before, way, way before I learned the concepts of neuroplasticity and growth mindset. But I, when I learned these concepts, I realized that this story was a really relevant example of what we are actually capable of doing, what you are capable of doing for yourself. So the story goes back to my school days where back in the day, I used to be a straight C and D student. So because I went through an American system, my grading system was an A, B, C, or D, or F, F being failure. I was in the C and D range, no joke, (laughs) C and D through every subject except PE, which is physical education. 
And so when I moved to this new school, I remember I had a straight C and D student and obviously this was not ideal. This was not something I was proud of. This was also around sixth grade. So sixth grade is when I was 12. No, sorry. Yes, yes, 12. No, sorry, 11. I was 11 when I was in sixth grade. So this was when I was 11 years old. My grades were C's and D's. And I remember it was not until I reached eighth grade. Eighth grade is the ages of usually between 13 to 14. I was 13. And I remember I had one teacher. And also to all the teachers out there, this is the power that you have to change someone's life and someone's trajectory. Shout out to Mr. Sheridan and Mr. Chamberlain, who were my teachers in eighth grade. Mr. Chamberlain was my English teacher and Mr. Sheridan was my global studies or world studies. I can't quite remember what the class was anymore, um, but social studies, basically teacher. And I remember Mr. Sheridan was really the one who really, really believed in me. And he told me that he believed in me and he believed in my potential. And just from that one conversation alone, oh, I'm about to get teary here. <laughs> he totally changed my life and the trajectory of my life because from that conversation, um, Mr. Sheridan changed my trajectory into becoming um, a straight A student. So I remember in eighth grade, I got, I won the most improved student award. I remember I even had to make a speech in front of the whole school at the end of the year because I literally went from C's and D student to a straight A student in, in, in one year. And, and my track record before that in, you know, seventh grade, sixth grade, fifth grade, all of that was terrible. I was a straight C and D student. So it was really an amazing accomplishment to be able to take myself to a straight A student in one year. And that's why I won the most improved student award in eighth grade. And I just want to highlight again, these are really practical and applicable um, ways of how the growth mindset and neuroplasticity worked in my life. Because from me believing in myself, in someone letting me know that I have the potential to change my trajectory and that someone letting me know that I was, that he believed that I was smart enough to be a good student. Just from that alone, from my thought alone, from thinking alone, I was able to completely change the trajectory of my life. Wow, I'm getting emotional, but yeah, it, it really changed the trajectory of my life and it really changed how I saw myself because from that mo moment forward I saw myself as a smart individual I saw myself um, being able to change my behaviors and and I really believed that you know that I could if I worked hard and if I believed in myself I could really change um, the outcomes of my life and that's when I experienced it that was eighth grade when I was 13 and so from those from that particular moment obviously I started to really apply it on multiple fronts of my life but when I learned 
when I started to learn about the science behind it, about the neuroscience behind it, about neuroplasticity and growth mindset through the two books that I mentioned and through other readings that I've done throughout um, this journey of curious learning, I started to realize the potential of what we can actually do, of what you can actually do simply by understanding that you have the power to change the your brain structure and you have the power by creating a growth mindset and believing that you have the ability to change your own behaviors to create meaningful change in your life. And this is why it really creates the foundation to continuous progress in every aspect of life. And this includes fitness, health, and well-being. See, fitness, health, and well-being are all at the core and anchored, are all at the core of it, anchored in the brain and the mind. And this is why it's integral to my method. Because if you really want to change your health, if you really want to change your fitness, if you really want to change your behaviors around nutrition, it all starts with this concepts of neuroplasticity and growth mindset. It all starts with you in understanding these concepts, really believing in yourself and realizing that you have the power to find your own path and define your own path in changing the life that you want to live. And this is really the message that I really want to share with all of you listening out there because the happy hue, my method is a wellness philosophy aiming to empower and inspire a deep self-exploration towards an optimal life. And what I want is not to tell you what to do. I don't want to preach what to do. All I want is to empower you to discover your own approach to health and well-being. I want you to understand that you are the one that should be defining your own successes. You are the one that is in control of your life. You have the power to change not only your brain structure, but your, your mind. You have the power to change your life. So wherever you're at, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, you know, you really, really, really do have, now there's the science behind it. You have the power to change you and your life, your mindset, everything is in your control. And that is the message that I always want to send out. This is why I'm so passionate about what I do. Wow, I am getting really emotional in this episode today. Um, I think it's because, you know, I was always the underdog. I was always not that smart growing up or I was never the smart one in my family. But I really believed through my experiences that I can change and I can continuously improve. Because my mantra, one of my biggest mantras in life is that I can always, my life is about continuous progress, that I am never perfect. I'm always an imperfect human but I'm always a work in progress. And these are powerful mantras, I think, because you realize that even when you're having a bad moment or when you're having a bad day or like the world that we're living right now, you know, that we're in a very chaotic world, you are always the driver at the wheel of your life. You are always in control of the outcomes because science proves it now you really really do have the power to change 
yourself, your brain, your perspective. And I really hope that this episode was empowering and helpful to you. And I really hope this will inspire you to make real changes in your life. And at the end of each episode, I ask a question to stimulate some introspection in you. Today's question is, what are your main takeaways from this episode and how can you apply these concepts of neuroplasticity and the growth mindset to your life today? Also, I forgot to mention that I will include all the resources that I got this information from. And also, I will include some additional resources that might be helpful to you. So make sure you take the time to check out the show notes in case any of those information will be helpful to you. Thanks for listening. I also want to share one more resource on my website, www.thehappyhue.com, where you can submit any questions you may have anonymously directly on my website at Submit to Ask the Hue. It's a column on wellness where I share my perspectives through questions and answers or send an email and that I'll be answering to the best of my knowledge and expertise. This is a resource that I wish I had when I first was starting out in my journey of health and wellness and fitness. I wish I could just ask someone. So I hope this helps you. I hope this helps the readers that reads the questions and answers. So go onto the website, check it out, submit your questions, and I will be there to answer it. By the way, I'd like to stay transparent in saying that nothing I talk about on my podcast should ever substitute as any medical advice. I'm a certified coach, not a registered doctor, so the content of my episodes, although based on facts, are a reflection of my experiences as a fitness professional and of my own wellness journey. All the advice shared are meant to be as general advice and opinions. So if you're making any decisions that will impact your health, make sure to consult with a medical professional.